Sunnival fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked On Sunnivals podcast. Coming live to you from the Senior Bowl again, joining us with joining us is Richie Bradshaw from Mobile, Alabama, hitting his microphone, which he should not do. But today we're going to be talking specifically about Antonio Pierce stepping down as the defensive coordinator, uh, resigning similar to how Zach Hill did as the offensive coordinator. Uh, also giving you a bit of an update on Rashad White at the Senior Bowl and then previewing for the second time this year, USC at Arizona State. You're listening to the Locked on Sunnables podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are here with a Thursday edition of the Locked on Sunday podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. By all platforms, I mean Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, and YouTube, wherever else you guys get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at C. Drios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. You can also follow our Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO underscore Sun Devils, giving you guys all the up-to-date information on your favorite school, whether that is football or basketball. Now, we have some big news, Richie. We're now talking about uh, Antonio Pierce stepping down as the defensive coordinator. This makes the fifth coach to lead the program within the last week, probably a little less than a week, to be honest. We had three different coaches that were let go over the weekend, and then both coordinators, being Zach Kill and Antonio Pierce, who, from what we know now, have seemed to have played a pretty big hand in the recruiting violations, have now both stepped away. Richie, initial thoughts on Antonio Pierce leaving the, the program? I, I mean, it, it feels like this is the least surprising news to come out of everything that's going to be happening with the with the violations and the soon-to-happen sanctions from the NCAA. I, I feel like, and we've had a conversation with this before, me and you and a very good friend of the podcast, Arnie Druin, is that Antonio Pierce is one of the main and most important uh, figures for Arizona State when it came to their recruiting process. So it's not a surprise that the guy who was seemingly on the surface in the centerfold of all of the all of the recruiting issues and the violations that are coming up for Arizona State, it's not a surprise that he is leaving the program. And there, there's these rumors being speculated that he's leaving for the NFL. And if he is, then, you know, good for him. Power to him. But I feel like this has a lot more to do with the punishments that are going to be coming down for Arizona State. And it just – it. It is what it is. You know, he was fine for what he did for the program, but definitely I feel like they underachieved this year. I feel like a huge portion of that should go down on his end. But more than anything, Connor, it's not about the performances on the field that were put up. Right now it's about trying to clean up your image, and the first thing that you need to do is clean house. So whether or not we decide to stick with Herm Edwards moving forward will be a very interesting situation to monitor for us and for everybody else who covers Arizona State. But as of right now, I mean, like like we mentioned, five coaches are gone in like a week-ish time span, including both your coordinators. We are going to be looking at a very different Sun Devils team, not, not only for the future, but just 2022. This is going to be a very, very different Sun Devils team. Uh, agreed. Now, w- when Zach Hill uh, essentially had stepped away from this weekend, I think I talked a little bit about this on Tuesday's podcast. 
it, it wasn't surprising, I guess, per se, uh, knowing that he had a bit of a, a hand in it all. Something I had brought up was it's interesting that ASU was able to put some of the coaches on leave. They didn't put all the coaches. And, and Antonio Pierce, bringing it back to the topic at hand, seemed to be the main figure in all of this. I, I don't necessarily yes. know what his uh, title is off the top of my head, but essentially he was like the essentially the, the head of recruiting, right? He seemed to be leading yes. it all, uh, and nothing happened with him. And not, is he only, not only is he not fired, he's stepping away. Now, I, I think that is more so to, to try to get a clean cutaway from the program, knowing what's going to be happening. And we may not even have an answer soon, right? I, I'd be surprised, honestly, if we have an answer before the summer starts. Uh, quick in the mind of the NCAA is like two years, right? So we know that this stuff can drag on. I, I don't expect anything to happen anytime soon, even with all the uh, the other coaches leaving right now. Uh, they did replace Zach Hill pretty quickly within a day or two, hiring Glenn Thomas coming in to be the OC. Um, I have no idea as of right now. I'm not seeing anybody as far as the name popping up for the Sun Devils as far as a potential replacement for him. Obviously, they have Aaron Fletcher, who's their DB coach, on their uh, their staff as of right now. Marvin Lewis, who's brought in as like uh, the defensive consultant, I believe is what his title is, or uh, uh, defensive analyst or something like that. And you still have Robert Rodriguez, who's coaching the defensive line. Could it come from in-house? Maybe. Um, what would be kind of odd, and it wouldn't do anything for me. I, I'm just bringing this up almost to be ironic, but they've brought in so many NFL heads or faces, right? People with um, prior experience in the NFL. Could they bring in another decent name with NFL experience to be that DC. I, I don't know if that's just like pump up their own ego, having all those guys in there to only accomplish seven or eight wins, but we'll, we'll see whether it's an internal hire or otherwise uh, the, def the defense is going to change a lot. This upcoming season, right? You had a ton of players leave uh, players graduating, headed to the NFL, whatever that might be. But now you've also got uh, your coordinator changing. So uh, some of the players that are coming back, which mind you, the starters, there's not many now have to learn a new system. Uh, exactly. Anybody who did not play last year, uh, who did learn Antonio Pierce's system, now have to learn a new system if they're vying for a starting spot. And then you also have to find a guy that can utilize the best of your players' abilities that's currently on the roster. So uh, a lot is is still going to be happening essentially with this defense, but a lot um, of moving you, pieces. You you said it wasn't surprising, or at least you, your words were it was like the least surprising thing of what could be happening. Yes. And and I don't totally disagree with that, but I, I don't think I, I totally saw that coming. But considering. And again, this is me taking a step back. Considering his role in it all, it should be more surprising to me than it was. Um, but there we have it, man. There, there's a lot of change coming over to this roster. Uh, you mentioned earlier you don't know if the school is going to keep a or, uh, or Herm Edwards on staff. As of right now, what was it like that day after or the press conference after the, the game against U of A? Herm Edwards saying he's staying here. But, 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 barring something comes out with the, uh, uh, the recruiting violations and when they know what the penalty is, they might be cutting bait with Herm Edwards then and there, uh, maybe depending on how close they get to uh, the season. But I'd be very surprised, honestly, if many of the uh, the people, even on the staff right now, even some of their new hires replacing uh, like their OC and what will be their DC, I'd be very surprised that they're on staff in a year from now. It's going to be a very, very different team. I feel like we need to preface that a lot is just in 2022 alone, five, five coaches out the window, both your coordinators, Connor, this and, and <laughs> that's not even taking into account how many kids were losing because of senior eligibility running out. More than half that defense is gone. A lot of really important pieces on the offense are going to be missing. This 2022 Sun Devils team is going to be completely different from the 2021 team that we just saw. And with 
how much that 2021 team underachieved. I'd be lying to you, Connor, if I told you I'm going into this year with a lot of a lot of hope. Like, don't get me wrong. I am still manifesting, as I have been. I am manifesting a Jake Plummer senior year for Jaden Daniels. However, that is not going to be enough if the rest of this roster isn't able to mesh, and that's not a knock on chemistry because we have a lot of talented players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of talent on this team. But as you pointed out, and as I will point out, and as many other people will point out, sometimes you're only as good as the scheme that you're put in. And this this scheme is going to be very unfamiliar to the Sun Devils players. It, it's just, there's going to be growing pains. Simple as that, you know? So. No, and a lot of great points there, man. It's just... I just, I want this to be over, right? As a fan, uh, I just, I want this to be done and over with. Um, I hate the fact that we're even involved with this talking about ASU. I, I wish we had more positive news to be talking about them uh, from a program perspective, but Herm Edwards in his tenure, while he could have been something solid, it just, it seems like his career and all the coaches on the staff, it seems like their tenure with ASU is almost just destined to just go down in flames, man. It is what it is, but uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Antonio Pierce headed to the NFL. Uh, potential, I should say, he's seeking opportunities. I think is the report that's out there, and that's great. If that's if that's truly an opportunity that's out there for him, that's more than likely where people want to go, right? We're very, very often, or, uh, or sorry, sorry, very rarely do we ever get like a, a Nick Saban, right, who wants to stick in uh, the college realm. People who may not want to jump ship to go to the NFL. I understand the the lucrative aspect of it, and there's only 32 of those jobs, but. Sometimes if you can really just make it in college football, there's no point for you to leave. Uh, but for Antonio Pierce, who's kind of an up-and-coming coach, maybe to some people in the NFL, good for him. That being said, I, I think another aspect of it, I think he is trying to get out. So when everything does happen with ASU, he is not currently like on the sidelines of their games, you know, and that's something for people to talk about in him in a negative aspect. So um, I think for him to, to essentially get out of there is – uh, what, what are you doing with your hands? Are, are you wiping hand sanitizer? I, I or am, are you? I am washing my hands clean. Yeah, I am Antonio Pierce and I am washing my hands from everything that is going on as best I can. He is still going to get in trouble. I was going to say, he can't, he's not going to avoid this, but like if, uh, if he goes to the NFL, like they, they can't suspend him or something. The NCAA can't necessarily do anything about it. Uh, but could there be any sort of legal action after that? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe I there can be, but. Yes, but it's going to follow him. Like if he ends up as like uh, some sort of uh, uh, like he was the linebackers coach here with us when he started in 2018. If he finds a linebacker coach at any position in the NFL, that's still going to be something where people talk about that. The NCAA maybe just can't uh, essentially suspend him or do something to him that the uh, that they would be able to otherwise if he was working here at ASU. So yeah. uh, him being able to head to the NFL, I don't think that is a false narrative. I just think there's another layer underneath that him trying to get out. Uh, yeah. and just I think that's a perfect. I think I think that's a perfect way to word it. Is that there's there's another layer to it. So I I feel yeah. Props to you, Connor. I feel like that's that's a very hey. Good I know one. words and I know football, so I'm just like putting them together and stuff. Uh, so. You might know words. I don't know about the football part. That's the round ball, right? The one with like the black and white dots. That is technically a football. I, I I was thinking of that like really hard plastic thing that's just like a circle and you hit it with a stick. Plastic thing. I feel like you're describing baseball, but it sounds more like wiffle ball. But anyways, back to the topic at hand, Antonio Pierce. Guys, this is we're 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 not at the end of this, right? As much as we would like to be, we are not done with this. 
This is going to continue to happen if news does come out of what the penalty is going to be. We could see mid-season firings. We could see firings right before the beginning of the season. I, If I had to bet money right now, personally right now, I would bet a car payment, Richie, a car payment. That's my confidence level. That Herm Edwards will not be the head coach of the Sun Devils team at the end of, or sorry, before the end of the 2022 season. Just my personal feelings on it. I, I think once the NCAA finally gets the uh, uh, the penalties out there, I, I think ASU is just going to steamroll with this. They're going to want to wash their hands, similar to what you were doing with Antonio Pierce earlier, Richie. I, I think they just want to get this done and over with, get the new head coach in, and kind of scratch the program and rebuild it for for the the bottom feeders that they might be going forward. Yeah, you might have to. So at, at the end of the day, that that really is going to be one of the biggest things is short of Herm coming out and winning a Rose Bowl this year. And obviously that that is way out of the potential of this team. Like as much as I want to be the biased fan, we are not going to a Rose Bowl this year. But that's what it would take for Herm to stay safe. A 10-win season, a Rose Bowl berth, a a Pac-12 South title. Though those are the requirements for Herm to stay after this year. So the writing seems to be on the wall. After that, I don't know what you're going to be able to hire. I I heard um, somewhere I can't remember if it was on Twitter or if I was talking to someone while I was out here in Mobile. But they said an interesting opportunity, if he were to get canned at Carolina, would be to try and see if Matt Rule would be interested in coming to Arizona State. And I'd be all over that. But again, that's a conversation for in the future, if and when Herm does get uh, fired, essentially, from the program, right? No, No nicer way of putting that. But anyways, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Point is, right now, like you said... You're sticking with Herm to get you through this issue. Looks like we're getting a live update from the Senior Bowl, getting some more news about Rashad White, hearing how his day went on day two. We're going to talk about that in the next upcoming segment. But before that, we have to talk to you guys about our friends from over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you guys covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game. In a couple short weeks, betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are back talking to you guys about one of our favorite players, Rashad White, who had his second practice, I believe, at the Senior Bowl uh, so far. And Richie was out there in a rainy day, nonetheless, but sticking it out. Pouring, pouring rain, Connor. And if that is not football weather, man, I don't know what is, right? We are glad to have uh, Rashad White there at the Senior Bowl. So anytime we're going to have uh, the opportunity to watch him, we're going to take advantage of that. Richie, general thoughts from day two. Uh, I know we had talked about him being a day one winner, and that was, wasn't was even just your opinion, right? We had kind of seen that out there on Twitter from maybe other people you had known out, uh, out there as well. So Rashad White seemed to be making a very good impression from day one. Did he continue that into day two? Yeah, uh, Connor, he continues to show off the receiving prowess that we all know about. So that seriously, Connor, we talked about this. We talked about this so much coming into this week. 
how is Rashad White going to stand out amongst everyone else in Mobile as a receiver? And he's done just that. You saw so many reps today from some of the other running backs that when they're going to pass the ball out on even just flat routes right underneath, they go to pass it. The running back almost like stops, tries to cup the ball beforehand. Rashad is just so natural. Turn, grab, turn it upfield. Rashad is just such a comfortable receiver, and it's truly shown on the practice field this whole week. And it's been awesome to see because, again, this is exactly what we said needed to happen for Rashad in order to stand out, and he's done exactly that. For what it's worth, there was actually a few – there was, there was a few reps today for the running backs for uh, pass blocking opportunities. Rashad was very hit and miss. There was a couple really good reps where he completely was able to stifle the edge rusher. And then there were a couple other reps where he just got totally embarrassed. So it's not his strongest suit. There's definitely a lot of a, a lot to be desired there. But at least you saw a little bit of the potential. Bottom line he continues to look like a great receiver and his vision has also been something that's really stood out this week is he's, he's able to make these cuts, bounce it in between the tackles, take it outside. And he's really shown off some, some good speed. He's not, he's not going to run a four, three. No one here is expecting that, but he is a lot quicker than people realize. And he's really shown off Connor. I think he's made himself quite a bit of money. He's, he's going to flirt with day two. I truly believe that. Flirt might be the right word, especially with that running back position, but you just never know. Um, now, I, I think as a rookie in the NFL, to be a good pass catcher is one thing. To be able to run block or pass block is something that that's – I shouldn't necessarily say run block unless I got two running backs in the field, but potentially pass blocking as a running back, uh, that's going to be huge for him, right? Especially for opportunities where he's going to get maybe some quick dump-offs out of the backfield and he looks like he's going to block. The defense has to be able to account for him to be that kind of pass blocker because if they know he cannot do that as a player on the field, not going to be something that the other defense might kind of bite into and they might know exactly what's coming. So that might be an area where Rashad can still improve his game a little bit, which would also help improve his draft stock. Richie, something interesting I did see on Twitter from our good friend Donnie Druin from uh, the All Sentinels source over at Sports Illustrated it is it sounds like 16 teams have talked to Rashad White so far. Uh, cannot confirm or deny any of the teams uh, that have talked to him, but definitely still great to see uh, him at least getting some NFL attention. Now, a, a lot of those might be um, asking some very general questions uh, to maybe some of the more silly ones, which I know they always ask uh, a couple of like silly questions. Some of these players every year just kind of make them think on their feet. Uh, and then there's probably some others that uh, obviously are a little bit more football related. So we'd love to hear Rashad White's thoughts on that as well. But uh, great roundup from day two. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our coverage here, talking a little bit more about Rashad White. Hopefully, there's nothing negative to report. Obviously, we just hope that he continues his great, uh, essentially, productivity from day one and two, showing NFL teams what he can do uh, on the NFL football field as opposed to the college football field. But before that, we are going to take a break. Or I shouldn't say a break. We're going to move on to our third segment for today, previewing the second game against um, against USC. So ASU has already played them once this year, played them pretty solid in the first half before falling apart in the second half. Richie, I, I know we don't have the, the betting odds for this game out just yet, but I'm very curious, like if it's plus 15, close to 20, 
I might be interested in taking it or at least be interested in looking at the first half line alone, seeing how, uh, what the spread is there. But I was going to say, I feel a lot more comfortable about like the first half ASU will cover first half, second half. Yeah. An example, like if the, the spread for the game against U of A was like 21 and a half or something, the spread for the first half was probably about half of that. Right. Um, so if it's something like that, I'd probably be interested, but USC's taken a, a bit of a tumble and I shouldn't say they're, they're a terrible team. They've only got three losses. Um, but they've, uh, they've dropped all the way down to 19 as far as, uh, the committee's view of them in terms of top 25 teams in the nation. Not so much like a, here's an opportunity for ASU to kick a team while they're down. Cause we are still the team down. Right. Uh, but USC maybe not playing their best basketball as of late. That might be one of the only ways they can stick in this game, similar to how they did against U of A who did not play their best first half against them, but they lost by 22, Richie. 22, they lost 78-256, but it was only 31-24 to in that first half. And I want to say USC kind of pulled away at the end of the first half as well, uh, maybe getting a couple late buckets to really emphasize, uh, which I, I think puts that first half a little bit out of perspective. But absolutely got destroyed by 15 in the second half. Are we going to see a different game at all this time around? Do we think Bobby Hurley and company can make adjustments for this game in I Tempe? I, I don't know, Connor. Like, as much as I want to, right now it's so hard to trust this team on the court because they just they seem like they'll come off with a decent start in the first half and then just completely evaporate and dissipate in the second half. And I just don't know if I trust them to put out a complete 40 minutes on the court. I I want to, Connor. But it, it also feels like right now it's all on DJ Horn's shoulders. Like, yep. It, it doesn't feel like anyone else is stepping up right now. Like, it, again, like we've gotten Marion in a very good role coming off the bench. It feels like he's a lot more productive that way. I feel like Kamani hasn't done much lately. If he's even on the court, like, I, he missed the I game against, something? he yeah. missed the game against, uh, maybe it was USC right before they played U of A. Yeah. Uh, but he missed a game due to, I think, an illness that was not COVID related. And Jalen Graham was out for like, a, I think, a face fracture. Uh, but then, he was back against U of A, I believe, and didn't actually do a whole lot. Yeah, okay. No, that sounds right because I'm sitting here. I'm like, what the heck has Kamani been doing? That makes sense. Yeah, that's what I thought. So anyways, neither here nor there. But it just it feels like there's no one helping DJ right now, and he can only do so much on his own. We really need to find a way to get creative and have some other guys get on the scoreboard and – if you're not going to be able to do that, then I don't trust you to be anyone, let alone a USC. Uh, agreed. I, I'm going to ask you a question. I think easy, right? Uh, talking about ASU, not necessarily having a lot of scoring depth behind DJ Horn uh, compared to USC, who seems to have like at least four really good scores. Um, we need to pick three guys, three guys here that need to be consistent scorers for this team to be able to win games. Cause we know they can play solid defense. Maybe not elite defense, but solid, right? Really doesn't seem like they just totally fall apart in the defensive side of the court, unless maybe momentum is totally riding with the other team. But DJ Horn, one consistent player right there, had very few games this year where it really seems like he's not doing a whole lot. Uh, I think that I'll, I'll let you pick one name after uh, after DJ Horn. So let's pick two other guys that we need to be consistent scorers if ASU is going to be able to win this game against USC. I'll go okay. with the other obvious one, and that's got to be yep. Marion Jackson. So... Yeah, Marion's got to find a way to to take his shots, be smart about it, and be effective. So he truly has grown into this role coming off as essentially like our sixth man, and he's been very good as of late. 
we need him to continue that stretch if we want a chance in this game. So, yeah, I, I again, I feel like it's a very obvious second one, but we knew Marion to be one of the more consistent scorers on this team. So it's interesting that you say obvious. My obvious one was going to be Kamani Lawrence. Him, be, he, He's been very solid uh, this year, contributing in many ways. Points being one of them, I, I want to say he's the second leading scorer on the team. Uh, but you, you need him to uh, to obviously contribute on the offensive side. Uh, not just so much in offensive rebounds or anything like that, but he has to put up points. Uh, the, the third guy was a, a, a take your pick, pick your poison kind of thing, Richie. Uh, I, I don't disagree with Marion Jackson. He's been playing better as of late. Oh, Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm getting some feedback from ESPN looking at uh, the box score from the last game. Um, but as far as the third score goes, Rich, I want to remind you that this game against USC last time, we only had three players put up points. That's it. Three players yep, scored. I remember that. I remember that. He had that. Horn with 14, Marion Jackson with his breakout game uh, with uh, 21, and then Jalen Graham with 15. Literally, or sorry, my, my apologies, you had four. You had uh, Luz Muhammad put up six off the bench. But otherwise, you had zeros elsewhere across the board. So... Uh, not only is scoring depth important behind maybe what would be your two or three biggest scores, but you can't have that many zeros either. So it's not like you're drawing up plays for everybody on the field, right? You're not trying to get botchy involved maybe too much as a freshman, but regardless, you have to find more people to be able to score than just those four. Because while the other three did put up more points, uh, if, if they're not more efficient or if they're just taking a ton of shots to get to, to those point totals, that's great, but if nobody else is putting up points, it's not going to mean a darn thing at the end of the day. So we'll, we'll see what they can do against USC. As of right now, I, I think we're safely taking the USC, obviously, to win this game. I'm curious what that spread looks like, specifically the first half. I might be interested in taking a first-half uh, bet on that spread if it's anywhere close to 10. So, uh, Richie, any other thoughts on that basketball game before we close out for today? Connor, I just want to I want to see us be competitive. I don't feel confident in winning this game, even on our home court. So just find a way to be competitive, find a way to consistently put points up on the scoreboard. I feel like that's asking. I, I feel like that's asking the bare minimum here. So just give, give me something that I'm not going to want to bash the TV with a brick over. Hey, especially now that you have that, uh, that payment on a, uh... Uh, this game, remember, uh, the over on 0.5 uh, wins in this five-game stretch. You've only got three games left. Hopefully, they can get that game against USC on uh, now what is now Thursday. So, we'll see how it goes, man. Hopefully, we have a, a not-so-moral uh, victory kind of podcast when we come back. Hey, they were close in the first half. It fell apart again. Uh, just not something we want to be able to talk about over and over and over. Hopefully, they pull off that win. But thank you so much for making Locked on Sunbelts your first listen every day. Again, you can follow us on a ton of different platforms, guys. We are free and available just about everywhere. Uh, so that can be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app. And now we are up on YouTube as well. You can follow us on Twitter. You can. I also say you should. And you are almost required to if you're following the show consistently. But you can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, you can also follow our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO underscore Sun Devils. And again, make sure to come back this week. We'll be talking about the USC game uh, for Friday's edition of the podcast. Uh, and then also talking a little bit more about the Senior Bowl in the meantime as well. Now make your second listen to Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked On uh, Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.